to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. Welcome, welcome everybody to Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans, soon to be uh, the Buffalo Bills podcast, maybe the Detroit Lions. Uh, not sure where we'll take this, but uh, welcome mean, to the, Texans Unfiltered. We're if here. The, if the Rams weren't such a mess, I mean, I you always wear the L.A. So, I do? Well, not anymore, but you used to. But I don't. <laughs> you uh, made Code dig that thing out of the closet. We're not wearing the same hat, right? Okay, cool. No, we're not. That would have been so whack. Yeah, All right, I, w- cool. I would have changed hats. All right. Uh, welcome to Texans Unfiltered. I know you guys all wanted an emergency podcast, wanted it to be done uh, yesterday. A lot of people rushed and got theirs out. You heard the same take all over the place. I'm not going to, like, m- there's nothing I can do, John. Like, I-, I can't spin this one into a positive. I can't try to add different aspects of this trade uh, that are that's going to make you feel any better. Uh there's no way to spin this one. This 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 one, this one right here, is is by far. I've got the one positive. Bill O'Brien's gonna be fired. Oh, maybe two positives. Oh, okay. What's the other positive? The Jadavian Clowning trade is no longer the worst trade in franchise history. Yeah. Uh, I mean. And I love JD. So you know, now that he's not at least the worst, he's just you know, second worst. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the worst trade in NFL history. Yeah, and no joke is. I, it really can't be understated how much of a joke this this trade actually is. I mean, it really can't. This is by far, in a way, the worst thing that could ever happen. Let me tell you how bad it is. I literally sent a joke tweet out saying sources... NFL is hiring a new title as trade commissioner for somebody to approve of trades and veto trades. And then as a joke, I put, source also said that this is due to the fact that 30 GMs did not receive a phone call about DeAndre Hopkins. And people thought, literally, and I'm not even joking, literally at least 20 people thought that it was a real thing. That's how dumb everybody has become now because they when you saw the trade come through, you, there's no way you thought it was real. But yesterday, when we saw the David Johnson trade happen, I tweeted five minutes before DeAndre Hopkins got traded. I literally – no, Cody, out of here. Um, I literally said, sent a tweet out and said, the lack of details regarding this tweet is concerning. Like the details of the trade is concerning. And then five minutes later – Boom. DeAndre Hopkins is traded to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson, a second-round pick next year, or this year, and a fourth-round pick next year. Along with that, we also had to give up a pick to have it happen. Yeah. We had to give up a fourth-round pick for this to be the case. I sat there for half the day staring at Twitter, just waiting for more details to come out. It's like, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. I still what? think there has to be. I'm still refreshing. Like, there has to be more. I, this I, can't be it. No, I... I, I there, is there, this, maybe this is like the first part of the trade, and we also get Chandler Jones. 
I mean, you know, something to kind of maybe make it make sense because right now it makes zero sense. Adam Schefter doesn't get stuff wrong. So the chances of tomorrow morning when the league year, it becomes official, the trade becomes official, that there's going to be added details to this trade are slim to none. But, and I know that. I've been following the league for 15 years. I know. Anything Adam says, it's pure gold. It's not Jason Lockenforma. It's Adam Schefter. But every minute I see it or think about it, I think maybe there's a chance that something was missed or somebody didn't did. – yeah, I, I know we could pass the physical. I also seen a that, recent tweet about the coronavirus potentially being able to uh, – if a player is tested positive for the coronavirus. Now, we don't wish this on David Johnson. Obviously, now at that point you're talking about um, humans and, and, and a sports – passion, right? So they're two different things. But at the end of the day, he's also 28, so the chances of the coronavirus taking him are very slim. So therefore, anybody that's done research about this knows that if David Johnson gets the coronavirus, it's okay. Yeah, no. No, <laughs> I'm not going down that road. I'll go down that I road. I am absolutely I don't not understand. going down that road. I will go down no, it. No, I, there's more of a realistic chance that David Johnson, who is an oft-injured running back, who has pretty much lost the past two seasons due to injury, Fails his physical. Now, the problem with that is Bill O'Brien will just get the chance to say yes or no, does he still want him, even though he failed his physical. And that's what kind of terrifies me as well. I mean, there has – this just does not make sense on any level. There's a reason why your tweet has managed to go viral because people are like, wait, that's it? And the act, extra kick in the nuts is when you see what happens to Stephon Diggs. That's the kicker. That's that's where every Texans fan has every single right to feel the way they feel. The talks of canceling season tickets, the talks of not buying merchandise, not going to the game, all of that has to do – Rock Boy, what up? Sorry about that. I don't know what happened with the Twitch link. That, that Stephon Diggs trade and the details that, uh, that were a part of it and what Minnesota got back in return is by far – the icing on the cake. Because Stephon Diggs, just in case anybody doesn't know this, Stephon Diggs is nowhere near as good of a wide receiver as DeAndre Hopkins. Like, if you rank wide receivers, you have 1A, 1B, if you want to have the conversation and argument of Julio Jones or uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe you can make the argument for Michael Thomas based off last season. But outside of that, those are the three. Stephon Diggs is in not even in the top ten. Maybe top 10. Top 20. Maybe, maybe, maybe top 10, maybe top 15, outside of that. But yet you got a boatload, four picks, one first, for a player that has been a diva, has had issues off the field with his personality and attitude, and yet he still is able to get a – where the Vikings are still able to get all those draft picks for him. You know what that says? Yeah. A competent well, general all, manager. It shows what an adult franchise can do. Because Stephon Diggs was rumored to be gone at the trade deadline. He's been rumored to be gone for a while now. Yet the Vikings, A, kept him on the field, playing for the rest of the season, and then turned him into a lot of, into a lot of picks, into way more than what we got for, for Hopkins. Stephon Diggs may be the, may be the best runner Route runner in the league. Maybe. That's it. He's undersized. He's always hurt. 
Um, he's going to miss time, especially now in Buffalo where it's cold, and they gave up that much for him. That's absolutely fucking ridiculous that we couldn't get something similar for Deshaun Watt or for DeAndre Hopkins. So, and now who's Deshaun going to throw it to? Because Stills and Fuller are always hurt. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm not. I'm not like really worried about like who he's going to sell. Like who he's going to throw it to. Uh, you know, I, I think we have a whole off season to be able to get into like the schematics of this, right? I, and and the one thing that we have this we we can celebrate, and this is a big thing, and I think you guys need to realize this. We did sign Randall Cobb for three years, $27 million. So if we were looking to um, unload some of the uh, issues that DeAndre Hopkins brought to this offense, we solved it by giving a 32-year-old wide receiver 7 to $8 million a year. So um, I, I'm confident in what they're doing. I think, you know, Randall Cobb gives me a sense of security. Um Oh, I'm drinking too, Cody. No, this isn't this isn't a game, bud. Mine's right there. Okay, I'm just talking a lot. Um, no, honestly, I, I call bullshit. Obviously, Randall Cobb, he is a very good slot receiver. Uh, he can help the team, but he could have helped the team more if DeAndre Hopkins was here. Right. And let me get to this. Let, let me read the thread that I put out this morning, so you guys can kind of understand where my mindset is. Because I started to I, what. Oh, he's laughing. Patrick, stop. Um, all right. So I put a thread out this morning. I started to write uh, early. I'll, I'll have it up on the website as well. But I just wanted to get my thoughts out there so that I could just kind of let people know where I was thinking because I went radio silence yesterday. There's honestly nothing I can say about everything that transpired yesterday. I've been forgiving and tried to look at things from every possible aspect to try and give a different point of view around this team and how it is being operated. But it is clear B.O.B., is in over his head and doesn't seem to understand how to build a football team. While I do differ from most about the DeAndre Hopkins trade, as my concern isn't about keeping him, but more about what we got in return. I'm not one to get attached to players. I'm attached to the team, so if a player is traded and it's, the, and it's best for the team, I can be fine with the decision to move them. But that's not what happened, and that's not what has happened since B.O.B. has taken over GM responsibilities. We can't build a team if we aren't able to maximize the value of the players we are trading and the players we are trading for. There have been many, too many examples of him reacting with pure emotion and not with a business mindset or roster building mindset. It started four years ago when we traded, when he traded Dwayne Brown for pennies because B.O.B. got all pissy that a franchise left tackle wanted to be paid like one. So he shipped him out knowing that it would impact the team in a negative manner. A good leader would have talked to Dwayne and found another route to keep him, but instead he let his 14-year-old teenage mindset step in. Now keep in mind, this was the year we found our franchise quarterback and it never hit B.O.B. That maybe I should do what's best for my rookie quarterback and keep the guy who protects him. The media made the situation out to be unrepairable, but a good leader finds a way to mend relationships if it is best for the team moving forward. After that, we missed out on every left tackle each year in free agency and were unable to draft a tackle to keep Deshaun Watson healthy. Since that time, Deshaun has been sacked 104 times and still had us competing. So to correct the left tackle position, Bill O'Brien trades two firsts and a second for Lermy Tunsil and Kenny Stills. I can't kill what we gave up for Lermy, as it was a need, but it was a need that didn't have to exist. It was a need that 
Bill O'Brien created. If we would have kept Dwayne, we, we, we would have been fine. We gave up valuable assets that are impacting the future of this team to address a position of need that was created by Bill O'Brien. Now Jadavian Clowney, a player that statistically didn't live up to being the first overall pick in 2014 but was effective when on the field and gave the defense the ability to do a lot of different things schematically. But he wasn't an OB guy. So we shipped him to Seattle for a third-round pick and two scrubs. Now keep in mind, Kansas City was able to get first for Frank Clark from Seattle, but not us. Now this trade of DeAndre Hopkins. I loved DeAndre Hopkins and thought he was the best wide receiver in the league. Combine that with being the ultimate professional while being a Houston Texan, dealing with bums at quarterback for the first four years, and still producing – the leader in the locker room, a figure in our community, and just an all-around amazing football player. Yesterday, we shipped him to Arizona for nothing, and I mean literally nothing. Now, like I said, the action of trading DeAndre isn't what bothers me. It is what we need. What it, it, it didn't bother me. It is what we didn't receive in return for him, especially on a day where we saw Stephon Diggs traded for four draft picks, which included a first-round pick. I'm sure in his mind he won that trade, but that's the scariest part about this entire situation. He had to have valued David Johnson as a first-round pick caliber player for the return to be justified in his mind, and that couldn't be more wrong. We have seen year over year that B.O.B. doesn't understand the league, doesn't understand roster management, but the biggest thing we have seen is he doesn't understand leadership. A leader is able to admit his mistakes and correct them. A leader understands how to manage different opinions. A leader understands how to manage different individuals. And a leader is able to get everybody in the same direction, going in the same direction. Bill O'Brien is not able to do any of those things. And that is why we are in the position we are currently in. You have to wonder how this impacts the locker room, our ability to land quality free agents, and most importantly, how, we're, how this is going to help us keep our franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. I won't boycott the team, not buy merchandise, stop watching the Texans, and the podcast I put hours into each week because this isn't who I am as a person. I will continue to do me and enjoy the sport and team that gives me happiness and escape two and a half hours a week. But I'm broken as a fan because I can't fathom now or fathom how this is the position we are in as a team. You trade to either get better or to put yourself in a, in a better position. Neither of those happened yesterday. Hashtag Fire Bill O'Brien. I'll let you go ahead. I just took I just took like seven <laughs> minutes. I mean, you're right. Here's here's the tough thing. Like, can't turn our back on the franchise as much as I want to right now. Can't turn. This is who we're stuck. Not necessarily stuck with, but I mean, how I am and how I operate as a person and my fanhood. I'm I'm a Texan. Like, regardless of this. However, I have never felt so hopeless about our team going forward. We may have another season next year very similar to this year. We still don't have we don't have the horses, we don't have the talent to keep up with Kansas City. Um, David Johnson's not going to trade that. Getting rid of DeAndre, getting rid of Hopkins is, I mean, it weakens Are you the really team. Crying? Was that a cry? It's it's, is a, it's a deep sigh. It's a, that there was hesitation and stuttering. There's. Are there tears? I just want to know. I'll be prepared. I just want to know. I heard it. I know they heard it. I mean, there there might be. That was your favorite player. It it really was. Like I sat here this past. I got the. I have my Watson jersey, and every time I wore Watson, we would lose. So I was 
going to get another jersey. And the one that I really wanted and it was sold out the entire year was the Color Rush Hopkins jersey. And I thought, A, that was the safest one to get. There's no way we get rid of Hopkins. He's a wide receiver. He is going to be good until his mid-30s. We've got him on a very team-friendly deal. Very, very, very team-friendly deal. There's, he, was, he greatly outperformed his contract. There was absolutely no reason in this entire world, especially with a developing quarterback, for as good as Watson has been, Hopkins was his safety blanket. Everything ran through Hop. So I'm very confident that I could buy one of his jerseys, and it's good for at least three years, possibly five. And this trade, more than any trade with any franchise that I've ever followed, has absolutely blindsided me. There's no Astros trade that has hit me like this. There's no Rockets trade that has ever hit me like this. There's <laughs> there's no transfer, coach firing, whatever, through either the Longhorns or the Gamecocks that have blindsided me in this manner. This is the most painful move because it was so out of left field. Like, this wasn't... Hop wasn't about to become a free agent and we're going to lose him. Like, I, I did not want to lose Clowney. I was devastated when we lost Clowney. I, again, I, I followed Clowney from his very first nap at South Carolina all the way through his entire time he was with the Texans. But you knew that was coming. You could see that coming. It was always an act of denial that it wasn't going to happen. This one just... I'm sitting at work, and I get the text, and I'm like, no way. No way. Like, this is wrong. Like, this is the fake Adam Schaeffer. Like, it, it just does not make sense. And then after coming down from just being blindsided like that, I'm like, okay, it's okay. This is sports. As long as the team is better after this. And then you look at the return. David Johnson, a second-round pick. That's it? That is it? Jeez, oh, man. That's it, John. That's it. At least as of right now, that's it. And sure, there's a, about a two percent chance that that changes tomorrow morning when the league year actually starts. But as of right now, we literally just traded a, a guy who is going to be uh, statistically uh, the best player in Texans history as of right now. Very early franchise, right? Deshaun could have taken that, but DeAndre would have retired before uh, Deshaun. Um, but, yeah, and and here's the thing, that the Twitter stream is lagging. Really. Thanks, Pat. Interesting. Um, how is the stream for everybody else? Um a lot of the a lot of the like viewers right now basically just brought up the fact that why watch this when there's a good chance Deshaun Watson could be traded, right? I mean, why would you not? At this point, uh, why would you doubt anything? I tweeted uh, out earlier that I wouldn't was, be surprised if we signed Tom Brady and traded Deshaun. There was no joke, a rumor going around last week that Bill O'Brien was open to trading Deshaun which I thought was the most asinine thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. I'm like, there's no way. No way. And now at this point, I mean, who knows? I mean, honestly, like, I really won't be surprised Watt's go- if Watt's gone in the next year or two. I would uh, – oh, wait. 
I'll wait for that one. But um, uh, yeah, I think when you look at this trade, it's it's really the the thing that I think people um, need to realize now is that one, all the hype surrounding what Bill O'Brien did last year with trades. Everybody was excited, and I get it. It's because it's something you haven't seen before. But when you react in the manner that Bill O'Brien does, you cannot build a team continuing to act that way. He literally shipped out the best wide receiver in the league because there was friction between the two. And let me tell you what the friction was. The friction wasn't I wanted more money. The friction wasn't that um, DeAndre was underperforming. I'm sure it had more to do with the fact that DeAndre Hopkins may have made a comment about something he doesn't like or how maybe there's things that we can improve or change. If I had to guess that's what happened, and Bill O'Brien saw it as... Well, that's already been pretty much confirmed. He was... No, the reasoning behind it... Friction. Well, the friction was... Um, DeAndre didn't agree with the direction Bill O'Brien was taking the team. Where did that come from? Because I've been I have all Twitter notifications on. Um, um, either way, same thing. Confirmed or not, they're saying that's what happened. That, yeah. It just makes total sense because that's how Bill O'Brien reacts. Like I said, he is a teenage girl, teenage boy. He doesn't think clearly, right? And we've had Bill O'Brien on the show. I I had somewhat of a relationship with him. Uh, that no longer exists. And honestly, to this point, this guy is crippling a franchise that I love, and there's no way for it to get better. There's just not. Bill O'Brien cannot correct it. Now, look, everybody says winning cures all. So, sure, if somehow, some way, this team is able to put this together and actually become a competent offense that's consistent is able to correct the mistakes that we had. I mean, all the good defensive linemen are pretty much gone in free agency. We spent a total of, Pat, what's the number? I think it's like $47 million outside of Roby on a slot slash safety guy from uh, the Browns who got injured halfway through the season has always been a, uh, special teams guy, Eric Murray. Uh, we signed Randall Cobb for Way too crazy much. amount of money, given who he is and what he's done in his career. And obviously we signed Bradley Roby. You know the worst part about this is is that we got Bradley Roby for $12 million a year. Now, I'm being told that the deal is actually incentive-laden, so it's actually, as of right now, $10 million a year with him being on the field for all 16 games and certain other incentives that it will be $12.5 million a year. Either way, entering free agency, if we – I said 12 was the number. I've stuck to that for the last three or four weeks. 12 was the number. If we can get him at 12, it's a solid deal. We get him at 12 prior to free agency opening, prior to the tampering window opening. To me, I'm thinking this is going to be a very good free agency. I don't expect us to be in on the big names because Tunsil and Watson need to get paid, and that was expected for the last six months. I was expected eight months ago, nine months ago when we traded for Laramie. But now we trade a guy 
that has been the ideal for wide receiver in the NFL with the way he acted and the most productive guy and Deshaun's security blanket for nothing. And I just don't see how it can get better. Um, I really can't. Maybe Timmy Kelly. Maybe maybe Timmy, you know. Look, I'll tell you this. It, this is probably what Bill was thinking. It's the deepest wide receiver class in the history of the NFL. If you need a wide receiver, this is the year to go get one. Uh, so if you if you have guys in mind, there's likely going to be one or two options available at number 40 for you to be able to grab a guy. Denzel Mims could be there. Uh, the guy from Clemson could potentially be there. But uh, And so maybe that's what they think. But at the end of the day, that player is not going to be DeAndre Hopkins. And you got nothing back. Well, it's I, a, let me regardless rebuttal real quick. Regardless, no, David gonna, Kelsey, yeah, go ahead. You take that. Well, I'm going to kind of take all of this. You I'm, take that. In perspective. I'm going to the bathroom. Because you kind of exactly nailed it with your, with your tweet. Giving up Hop sucked. It's the return that we got. Yes. David Johnson, peak David Johnson, was the second coming of Marshall, Marshall Falk. Not better. But... That was three years ago. He has not been the same since he messed up his knee in the playoff game. He turned around, breaks his wrist right away. And then yeah. last year wasn't exactly – I mean, he, last year he was he, – when he attempted to play, he was never right. Now, if he is magically healthy and he is magically the top three running back that he was, then, okay, the trade – isn't the worst in the NFL history, but it's still a very bad trade because we're going to get one, maybe two years of that from David Johnson. Broke his wrist, yeah. However, Hop is going to produce for at least another six. So you don't trade running backs for wide, or you don't trade wide receivers for running backs. You you don't. You know that if you play fantasy football, you know this. This is one of the few rules that overlaps everywhere. Running backs do not last as long as receivers. Nope. And we have to be getting peak David Johnson. If we are getting peak David Johnson, it goes from being absolute horrible trade to just a bad trade. I don't know. And now we're hoping that Hop comes back in three years. So that's the issue that we have. That uh, we're definitely hurt from trading Hop, but the return on the in, the return on the trade is just. It's mind-blowingly bad. Trading a receiver, fine, it happens. But get a good return. Yes, the receiver is the de- receivers currently are the deepest position in the NFL. You can find more receivers. I don't know why we sort of struggled to find that third, but finding receivers is supposed to be the easiest thing to do in the NFL right now. This draft class is absolutely loaded at receiver. Again, if you're going to replace a receiver, this is the year to do it. However. How does Hopkins not get you a first-round pick? Even there's just it does not make sense. How do we end up taking the entirety of David Johnson's contract? Again, he may be good for two years of that. Maybe if we are absolutely lucky, and this is praying to every god you've got. And yes, his ceiling is absolutely amazing. However, that's relying on him being healthy when he hasn't been. Where Hop healthy hurt. No quarterback, great quarterback. Hop goes out there and produces, no matter what. 
especially on the contract that Hop was on. That was a very affordable contract. And, yes, they're saying that the Cardinals may renegotiate it. They may not. They don't have to. I mean, it's just – that's the issue with this trade is it's just such a bad return. That's the biggest issue. It's it's really nothing else for me. It's it's not about it's not about trading DeAndre. Um, I've learned in all my sports hood and fan fandom um, that you you can't get attached to players. Right? There's positions. And, and certain positions and players in those positions that you can get attached to in sports, one of them is a uh, is a quarterback. You can you can be a fan of that quarterback because the likelihood of that quarterback being there for a long time is is very high, right? As long as he's performing. Outside of that, there's no other position in sports where you can truly get attached because if you do, you're going to get burned. I mean, am I wrong? Name another no. position. There's not. There I mean, is even in Major League Baseball, if you're a quality player, quality pitcher, maybe you're going to end up on the Yankees. But it, and even, <laughs> yeah, like I said, even with pitchers, like we see them. Yeah, we, I mean, Justin Verlander. Like, who who would trade Justin Verlander? You would think nobody, right? But they do. Um, I just, I I can't I can't fathom the fact that the return was so bad. Uh, like I said, it's not about DeAndre. I, I love DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but I'm also in the mindset, and, and this is just me. Me and John, I think about a year and a half or two years ago on a podcast, had this conversation. But I don't believe you need a true number one wide receiver to to be competitive and make a run at a, at a, at a Super Bowl. I really don't. I, and I'm not looking at the Patriots as an example. I'm looking at a, a lot of other teams as examples. Um you don't have to have the top five wide receiver in the league to make it to the Super Bowl. There's it helps. Been, there's been an argument that the Super Bowl teams that have the top receivers only had the top receivers because they had a great quarterback. And, again, fair enough. I mean, you, you look up and down the list. However, however, let's see what David Johnson can do. Rock Boy, we're, we, we want – we're Texans fans through and through. I mean, there's no changing that as much as we get on here and, and we bitch and we moan sometimes. And I'm willing to bet for about 90% of the people that are on the stream, it's the same way. Otherwise, you wouldn't be watching us on the stream. However, it doesn't matter if David Johnson returns to his Hall of Fame. I disagree. Trajectory. If they get if what he's being paid and what we got in their trade. It's still a bad trade. If he has 1,800 yards and 10 TDs this year, it's a little different. I'm not saying that's going to happen. No, I'm not no, going I, on the I, stage. And, I, I'm that, all I'm and all I'm saying with that is that's great, but we'll get one year of that. We won't get multiple years of that. Sure, agreed. But if he, if Bill O'Brien was already looking to trade him now, next year wouldn't have been any different. So, I mean, they eventually they would have traded him. I, I don't know. There's no justifying the trade. I, and, now look, you're, you're talking to somebody who – who uh, I am a David Johnson fan. I think for two or three years I've been screaming for us to grab him. Uh, I honestly, here, let me put it like this. But he does not fit the run scheme, right. and that's something that needs to be talked about. Right. And you want to get into the schematics of it? Because that's more your area. I read about it, and I know it, but, I mean, that's a lot of gap plays, basically. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of the X and O's right here. I got it pulled up if you want to read about it. But Rivers wrote, did you read Rivers? Uh, I did not read. So, um... 
basically the style of runner that he is. Uh, he he ran a lot of gap plays. Uh, in comparison, Carlos Hyde averaged 4.4 uh, yards in zone runs. So we are a zone running team. Uh, and that worked out with Carlos Hyde last year. Um, this year, or not this year, but in years past, it's pretty much been how we run. That's how we run. Uh, David Johnson has not had success in in that style of, of offensive scheme when it comes to running. And I don't know if if the uh, – Rock Boy, I get it. I agree. The scheme can be adjusted. Um, but you're asking a whole, a whole lot for your offensive line to adjust to one running back. Uh, Duke Johnson had games last year running the ball fine. I mean, there was a couple games where he – I think he averaged like nine yards on uh, at least in a couple couple games. It was nine, ten yard runs on like five or six carries. So um, look, yeah, it can be adjusted, right? It can maybe work, uh, but the likelihood of that is the issue that I have. Um, Jordan Howard would have been ideal, right? He signed for five million dollars a year. We offered that to freaking Carlos Hyde. We offered Carlos Hyde two years, $10.5 million, and Carlos Hyde turned it down. I almost want to find Carlos Hyde and grab a trash can and a bat, put him in the trash can, and start banging the trash can with my bat while he's in it. Because if he would have signed that deal, we wouldn't have traded for David Johnson. So, look, there is no way to spin it. And, Rockboy, if you're new to this stream and you're new to this podcast, just know that we are... This is our first negative podcast, I think. Yeah, that's really. I mean, we we really don't we don't trash. Look, I've we've made this entire platform based on the fact that we try to give you something different than what you get on six ten or seven ninety or ninety seven five. Right? I live in we live in Austin, so I listen on um on radio uh the radio app. I listen to six ten. I do all that. I do everything I can now on this platform to try to just give different perspectives. This one is tough because your general manager slash head coach is operating as if he's a 92-year-old man with dementia. I'm actually – hold up. I'm putting a couple of thoughts together. Oh. First, I'll never put thoughts together. I'm interested <laughs> to see what this – No, I'm trying, well, first and foremost, to kind of piggyback on what James – Where'd Bonnie is, go? Bonnie, did you leave? Go ahead. On what James is saying is we – Typically, we've always said we are fans first before anything else. We are fans first. So we always try to look at it in a way to still be fans and still be happy and excited about our team because that's what we're naturally going to revert back to. Even with this, give us about a month, and we're going to probably be singing high praises about David Johnson and how well he can actually do as a Texan. Right now, it's a little bit raw. This is where we're kind of unfiltered sometimes, where the most negative we've ever been was probably after the Clowney trade, and now this one. Um so it just, I mean, it, it happens. We, our hearts get shattered. His by the stupidity, him, mine, because I actually got attached to a player. And maybe a little bit of both, because there is a lot of stupidity in this. Now, what's going to be interesting to see, and especially since I just brought up the Rivers-McCown article that James mentioned, because I didn't realize we were going there, because I have, honestly, I, I had no idea that David Johnson was going to be on our team. I haven't done any research on him. This has all been a shock. Um, as everybody kind of knows, everybody's work life is thrown upside down right now. So this is a very raw, 
very, very not prepared for podcast. This is more emotions than we typically have. However, again, Rivers McCown, he's a friend of the podcast. If you've never read his articles, please go read it. However, he's he, amazing. He is I mean, he really is amazing. He, he needs if you people. guys don't follow Rivers McCown, I, I, I am shocked. I mean, he's been on the podcast. He's, he's one of the more interesting writers that we have because he's like us. He's basically a fan. Um, and he has a website called riversmccown.com, and he provides just these uh, really articulate, very thought-out, thought-provoking articles uh, I will be honest, he is, he hates, I mean, he hates Bill O'Brien. Oh, he does. He no, was he, the first one that told us to get off this train. <laughs> yeah, he, he hates him, um, and I, I get it, I get it, but he, he does, he truly hates him. Um, but Rivers is great, I talk to Rivers all the time, I mean, he really is just, he's an amazing writer, it's, un, it's unfortunate that Pat is the number one Texas beat journalist writer, because Rivers is ten times better than what Pat actually does. Yeah. From a X's and O's schematic standpoint, like Pat will will write articles about Will Fuller cutting his dreads, while Rivers will write articles about how David Johnson fits into our offense. And we need more of that. And me and John work way too damn much for us to be able to put that type of stuff together. Um, but this, like Rivers is great. Just just go follow him. Go to his website. Support him on PayPal. I, I just love Rivers. Go ahead, John. I stole your thunder. Yeah. No. No. You're good. Um. So maybe we're going to try and end with a little bit of optimism. Granted, I don't even know if we're ending or if we're in the middle because we don't have an outline today. But one of the things Rivers brought up is last year we actually did a lot of high zone run, which is, believe it or not, we've only done that for two years with the Texans. How long are you going to be doing this? Uh, like five minutes. Cool. Maybe. Go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe. Go ahead. Maybe. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So typically Bill O'Brien, um, his first couple of years with the Texans, he really wanted to run gap power. Um, he did not want to – he didn't run a lot of zone. And this is where we essentially tore Lamar Miller to shreds, where other podcasts would complain about trying to drive a Lamborghini through the mud. That was the running scheme we were trying to use with Lamar Miller. Um, not last year, but the year before when Lamar Miller actually – when Lamar Miller – actually looked good in a Texans uniform, had his best season in the Texans uniform, we converted more to a zone running scheme. Part of this, in my opinion at the time, was because Deshaun doesn't stay in the pocket. Zone blockers typically have to be more athletic, can move side to side, and and just, you know, be able to have a floating, po- I guess, floating pocket, and that kind of all meshes well together. However, Bill O'Brien has proven himself to be extremely stubborn. So if you go out and trade for David Johnson, who has absolutely excelled as a gap on a, on a, on a power scheme with uh, gap blocking, that's what Bruce Arians predominantly ran with David Johnson, and David Johnson just put up all-world numbers. Part of that is because David Johnson is a converted receiver. He did not play running back in high or in college or high school. He did not. He didn't get the feel that natural feel for the position that a player that has played running back for you know all their life would have. David Johnson does not have that. He is not going to do well in his own scheme. If they are going back to Bill O'Brien and his belief in the power run game, then David Johnson should have more success than he had last year. If they're asking him to run zone. That might be scary. 
I don't even know what to say to the comment. I know you weren't even, but you weren't even here. So I, okay, first and foremost, I didn't go drop a deuce in the middle <laughs> of uh, the podcast or the live stream. Okay, and no, Ignacio, you're wrong as well. So nah. anyways, uh, no, yeah, Rivers does a really good job breaking down the, the run scheme, and I think there's a lot that goes into this sport outside of just the players and. We talk a lot about scheme when, when it comes down to the offense and what we've seen. We haven't – there aren't positives, right? There aren't any positives. Oh, and, and that's only because of the return we got. Um, like I said, Bill O'Brien had to value David Johnson as a first-round pick caliber player for that – for in his mind to be able to make sense of this trade. Now, I will say this, and you guys are going to blast me for it, but I really don't care. I've been screaming for two years the fact that Deshaun Watson – locks on to DeAndre Hopkins. He does. And it's a, it's a proven fact on, on film that he, he does. He locks on to DeAndre. He won't have that ability to do that anymore. He's going to have to scan the field and start to go through his progressions just a little bit quicker. Um, I don't think that that played a part in the reasoning for us trading him. Uh, but I, I do think that from a developmental standpoint for Deshaun, I do think this could be somewhat beneficial. Um, I think this applies a little bit of pressure to Will Fuller. Uh, which I think he might need. Uh, he's going to have to be a number one wide receiver now. And he has the ability to. And I think that's one thing that people need to keep in mind. Look, we are all down and out on on Will Fuller and his health issues um, and missing, you know, six to eight games every year. And I, I get that betting on that is going to be an issue, right? Because history tells us that you can't count on him to play 16 games. But if Will Fuller wants to have the opportunity to be able to grab number one money and be that guy, he has it now. And I don't see anybody talking about that. Is it a likelihood? No, it's not, based on history. But there is a chance that that happens. And maybe that's the thought. Maybe that's maybe that's where they're going. I, I can tell you, you can do a lot worse than – Will Fuller, Kiki, or Will Fuller uh, and Kenny on the outside, and Kiki or Randall Cobb or DeAndre Carter in the slot. You can do a lot worse, a lot worse. Look at the Colts last year. When T.Y. Hilton went down, they had nobody playing. Um, so while the wide receiving core isn't the best in the league, like the potential it was last year, um, there's still potential in it. And there's also ability, the ability to be able to – make some moves in the draft to be able to grab them. That 40th pick overall is basically a extra pick for us to be able to grab a wide receiver that we didn't have before. Uh, I do like that. Uh, I would agree. Cobb is definitely an upgrade in the slot. He is very good at getting open in the middle of the field. He's a very good route runner. He doesn't have a lot of wheels, but he is good at getting space and, and catch, run after the catch. I mean, he's good at that stuff. He is older though, and you have to wonder how much, how long does he have? A three-year deal to me for for Randall Cobb is, I mean, you can get out of it at any time, but still, it's a bit concerning that that was the route we went to. But I, I just think that there are parts of this. The team isn't falling apart. Can the team be a contender? Well, it depends on the draft. We and 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 also who else we sign in free agency? Everson Griffin's still available. Um, Dante Fowler is out there. Um, so, I mean, there are some t- some things. The, the guy that was released by the Lions, uh, Denard, uh, would be a pretty good opposite of Whitney Merciless. 
if Jacob Martin can't be the guy. So there's options and things in place that we could still do. Ningakwe. Wolf is still out there. Derek Wolf is still out there. Uh, I, I, I keep seeing that there's a good chance that he is uh, signing with the Broncos again. Um, there's some there's some defensive tackles still out there. Linville Joseph is still out there. Um, the guy from the Broncos is still out there. But now with uh, DJ Reader signing in Cincinnati being the highest paid nose tackle in the league, uh, there's a good chance that Pierce stays with uh, the Broncos. But there are options. And keep in mind that we're two days in. So lots of things can happen. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this DeAndre Hopkins, I'm off the Bill O'Brien bandwagon. Uh, he's going to have a lot that he's going to have to do for me to be able to get back on. And it sucks because we're it's, literally going to take an AFC championship. That's not enough for me. Really? Okay. Fair enough. No, it's not enough. I'm uh, gonna, it's not. It, it just can't be anymore. We can't. It was an AFC championship last year. Yeah. And now we're saying it's an AFC championship again. No, no, not making it, winning it. Okay, sure. Winning it, then, yes, totally different. Making it, not enough. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, what did Bonnie say? He wasn't trying to make a good trade. It was just being petty. Yeah, and that's how it's always been, Bonnie. That, that's is, what we've grown to expect from a 50-year-old man on how he reacts. He, and how can you be a leader of men and, is, and act that way? This is what the fuck you too, motherfucker. You suck. That was the true. That was exactly who Bill O'Brien is. Yeah, he's the guy that will argue with a kid at the candy store if he finds the last piece of like the last sucker and the kid wants it. Bill O'Brien's gonna grab it from the kid and get into an argument with him. That's Bill O'Brien. He's petty. Yeah. No. And this is what's sad is it's stopping him from being a great coach. He's. Shown the ability to to game plan. He's shown the ability to put things together. He's shown the ability to even put a roster together. But then he lets this pettiness get in get in the way. And I mean, trading Clowney last year out of pettiness. Like if we had Clowney last year, we there's a very good chance that we beat the Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. I know. I I say we will beat the Chiefs if we had Clowney last year. Yeah, it would have been a completely different game. We just our defense ran out of gas. But if you have somebody else there out like Clowney. Like, that would have just completely changed it. And that's why we ran out of gas. Watt was chasing him up, <laughs> up and down the field, and he was – it was the second week back from a torn peck. Like, and this was because he was petty. Yeah. Bill O'Brien is the baby mama that want that, like, you could be the best dad in the world. You could be there for your kid. You could pay the child support. You could do every single thing that you want to do, that you should do as a father. But he will always be freaking maniac, crazy, doing anything he can because you didn't choose him. Yep. That is Bill O'Brien. And it's not enough. We've seen it with wide receivers, Kiki QT, Jalen Strong, uh, and every other freaking wide receiver in the world. We see it year in, year out. Bill O'Brien has a mindset of a teenager. My my 14-year-old daughter is much more mature than Bill O'Brien, and she is a brat. And... Yet here we are. Bill O'Brien's worse than her. Um, Bonnie, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever fire Bill O'Brien. I really honestly don't. I mean, hell, if we do, what are we gonna do? Because well, we have we have nothing to work with. He's put this roster together to win this year. How? And then, Please tell me how that that happened. And then he took the best player oh, okay. off the team from this year. Then let DJ Reader leave. 
Without a replacement. Without well, Brandon Dunn. I don't know. I mean, I'm high on Brandon Dunn. I, I, I like I, I like Brandon, Brandon Dunn. Dunn. Don't get me wrong here. He's not DJ Reader. Without what have we done on defense? We haven't done anything. We I, signed a safety Eric slash nickel slash Murray, practice like, squad guy. I mean, God bless him. Hopefully he's great. We did sign but Bradley Murphy. My guy. But he was already on the team. But we at least kept him. And from our trash defense last year, we yeah we kept the best corner from our defense last year that was horrid at the end of the year, and we have yet to do anything to improve it for this year coming going forward. No, I, I agree. And I'm not saying that Dunn is DJ Reader. I get that he was too expensive. I, I completely agree. I think what was our number? Our number was like 9 to 10 a year. We'd be all right. Uh, he ended up getting 12.5 over four years, uh, highest paid nose tackle in, in the league. Uh, but Brandon Dunn is a nice player that can complement and come in and fill that role. He's not going to be the, the run-stopping defensive end or defensive tackle that DJ Reader is, but he has progressed every year. And for me, that's what you look for. Uh, he's a homegrown guy. We have him for another two years on a very cheap deal. Yeah, 13.25, that's it. Um, I don't know. I, but the, the problem right now is the fact that we haven't done anything on defense. I mean, we have done nothing on defense. Yeah, and that's kind of my point. And we're rumored to be after Dante Fowler, and that's great. That could be – that could be – that'd be better than nothing. It's better if than I nothing. If I came out of this free agency with only Dante Fowler, I'd be better – I'd be more happy than I would be if we didn't come out of it with Dante Fowler. Right. Now, I mean, Everson Griffin is the guy. such a low bar. It is <laughs> such a low bar. Um, so we did something. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Everson Griffin is the answer. Uh, and he's 32. You could potentially get him. Uh, welcome back to the stream, Pat. It's nice to see you. Um, Everson Griffin is a guy that I think would be ideal. I'm not going to rule out the Ngakwe stuff now. I I, I can't. I, I almost wonder if this move was made specifically to grab him. There's Part of me always wants to – part of me still wants to give the benefit of the doubt, wait until the season actually starts before we judge. But still, I keep getting stuck on that return. We could have gotten more. And here's the problem. When he's fired and we have to clean house, we don't have the assets. Because we're going to be in a bad cap position because we'll have signed Tunsil, which we have to sign. Because we'll have to sign Deshaun, because we have to sign Deshaun. There's no ways around it. We've given up all this draft capital. We gave away a player that we had under control, and we didn't even get a first round back. I mean... There's, just, there's a huge drop-off between first-round players and second-round players. There is. And then on top of that, with the fifth-year option, first-round players are, are more valuable. And I, this is speaking as a guy that thinks that we overvalue draft picks, but here's the truth of the matter is. The first round is worth more than a second round. Second round and third round, to me, depending on your scouting, those can be very much interchangeable. But because of that extra year on the contract of a fit, on a first-round player, that fifth-year option, that makes a world of difference. Agreed. But uh, I think another thing that people need to consider is that if there is a guy that they think that they could get at 40 but would like to have the fifth-year option, they have the ammunition to be able to sneak in at the top of the first round to be able to grab that player. You see it every year. Teams will do that. They'll somewhat reach on a player so that they can have that fifth-year option on the rookie on the rookie deal. So while I think that they'll be okay, and I agree, they'll be okay on cap. I'm, I'm not worried about them being in cap hell. I'm more worried about them not being able to financially move in a manner that I would like to see them be able to do. I don't think that we'll be up against the cap, but I do think that even with the new CBA that there's a good chance that 
we won't be in a place of financial freedom. How about that? We won't be the Colts. And I, I like the way the Colts are building and where, where they're at. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you have enough ammunition now, though, to move into the first round and keep that second round pick because you're basically only eight picks or six picks away from, let's see, 40th. So you're eight picks away from being in the, oh, our, our banner fell. TV's exposed. Oh no! Um, <laughs> I think that you have enough draft capital. You're eight. You're basically eight picks away from being in the first round with the Cardinals pick. If you wanted to, you could package a fourth or a fifth, maybe next year's third, to be able to get back into the first and grab a player, whether it be a defensive end, a wide receiver, whatever it would be. So I would expect that to be the case if we don't solve any of these issues on defense and free agency. And right now, it's looking like that won't be the case. That that we want. I, we're going to sign some players. There's going to be some role players here in the next couple of days. That'll start to trickle in, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those. Um, Ryan, he had a stellar 2019 season at GM, and I wouldn't say stellar because of the clowny trade, but he had a very solid one. And then he even started off the on the right foot this season, and there, that's part of the whiplash. Like you get Roby for below market value, you're like okay, and then. You get David Johnson, and you're like, okay. But then the shoe fell. And, yeah, we're just going to keep coming around to that. We didn't get enough for Hop, and that's going to cost us. Yeah. Even if we don't go out and sign enough, anybody on defense, we're going to need all those picks because we still need to pick defense. And it's the most mind-boggling thing is – our defense still needs help. Like, you make that trade with Arizona and you don't even get a defensive player. <laughs> My original opinion on this is now we have a hole at wide receiver, but we still need to spend our entire draft on the defense. Yeah, no, I I still feel that way. Um, and honestly, if – first of all, Robbie Anderson isn't an option. Uh, too many off-field issues – uh, mentally just doesn't seem to be there. Uh, speed guy, very good wide receiver, but I just I can't see it uh, as a fit for this team. Uh, need another possession guy, if, if anything. Um, and those guys, like the guys that are available now in free agency, I just I can't see a wide receiver that's going to come in and be beneficial to this team in free agency. So it's going to have to be in the draft. Uh, so... We'll see. Uh, I think that's really about it. Like we talked a lot about Nuck. I, let's let's end on this note. So the, the the draft has been canceled. Antonio Brown. That's a very interesting one now, because out of desperation comes this wide receiver that is stellar that you said you would take over DeAndre Hopkins. And once upon a time, once upon a time, <laughs> and. He's nuts, but if he wants to sign a one-year deal and get back in the league, it's. It, I've seen crazier things. I wouldn't be opposed to it. It would be a, the risk would be minimum, minimum risk. No, I'm completely down for it at this point. Uh, and that he's going to Tampa. If anything, of course he is, because that would make way more sense. Yeah, but if you think about it, though, like, I, I, get, I, mean, I get it, but I, I really, that makes, though? That makes more sense because Arians. You know, I Arians get that. I get that. Chance. He gets to be back with Brady. Yeah, oh, dude. They're going to announce it, like, tomorrow. 
Well, he's not back in the league yet. He's not mandated back in the league. They're, they're still going to announce it. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Mayo, or O.J. Howard, I mean. O.J. Mayo. God, anybody remember that guy? Um, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, what, they got Godwin, Evans. Who else do they have? Oh, you know who I would sign that's still out there as a wide receiver? Brashard Perryman. Perryman? Okay. I, I'd be fine with Perryman. That'd be interesting. Depth piece. Um, yeah, I'm 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 cool with that, but it's still not quite enough. Yeah, Des Bryant, I don't know about that, buddy. It's been two years. He had a torn Achilles. That's going to be a rough one. I just can't see it. Uh, at this point, I don't really care though. Sign whoever. Like, I need somebody else that can catch the ball. I know. Uh, but I just don't see it. Well, we uh, also know Kiki's not going to be around much longer, so I don't buy that yet. I know Pat said it, and I love Pat, so I have to say, like. It's probably going to happen, but I I just – where you're at now at, at, at wide receiver, I cannot see us – I can't see us getting rid of Kiki. I mean, Randall Cobb is not dynamic in the manner Kiki is. DeAndre Carter is nowhere near the level of Kiki is as far as talent goes. Um, maybe. I don't know. I mean, Pat said it, so if Pat said it, then I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with it. But I just uh, I don't know. All right. Uh, so the draft event was canceled. Obviously, with everything going on in the world, um, there are there's a lot of things going on as far as oh, I would love to get snacks. Um, so with the coronavirus. Um, obviously, with the city of Houston being on lockdown, the draft being uh, not necessarily canceled but moved out of Vegas to the sense that it's not going to have the event. Are you still going? No. Okay. Um, I think that now it's it's more important for us to worry about you guys as that's that's all I care about. I can care less about us all getting together. We can do that again for the, road, the opening game event. Um, but right now, it's just best for everybody to stay home, take care of your family, take care of your work, um, and do what you guys need to do to just kind of stay safe, stay quarantined, stay in lockdown. Um, if there's anything I can do to help you guys, uh, just let me know. Uh, this is a tough time for everybody, so like this is the time where we're we all have each other to lean on. So come join the Discord uh, to come talk Texans if you guys are looking for a place to talk Texans all day. Um, there, there's. Just make sure you guys are taking care of yourself. Um, and what else? Oh, that's really it. I combined the two. Um, so, yeah, John, anything else? Nope, just take care of yourself. I know we're setting the best example ever, having the uh, first time that me and him have been in the same room to record in two years now. Has it, has it been two years? What? Since the last time. For those of you that are, are kind of new to the show, we used to actually get together in my office at the old house every week. Oh, and yeah. share a microphone yeah. when we first started putting this on. Yeah. Um, so we've gotten a little bit better. Um, we've got a lot better. <laughs> we've, got we've, a lot better. we've come a little way since then. Uh, so this is the first time we've been in the same room recording, and I think I want to say in, in about two years. Um, so this has been kind of cool, even though every everything right now is, you know, the social distancing? distancing? I still yeah. think we should record in person from now on. Dude. It's better. I, I mean, this actually worked out pretty well. It worked out pretty well. We'll have to fix some little things up around yeah. here, but we could definitely do it. So, yeah, so we'll start doing this. It, it's a lot better for from the camaraderie as well. Uh, thank you for all the kind comments. I really appreciate it. Like, this is why we're here. 
you know, when I woke up yesterday this morning, it was hard. I was thinking, like, dude, like, what are we going to keep doing? Like, well, how can we not be like the 610s, the 790s come in, bitch about Bill O'Brien, uh, like, just – be the typical radio show that you guys are hearing on a regular basis, and that's what we didn't want. And I can tell you right now that even though this this podcast was somewhat negative, and uh, I, I don't know, like just negative, I, we're not negative people. Like I, I don't, we don't live our lives that way. Like, um, don't worry, we'll we'll be back we, to ourselves next week when we actually break down all the people that have the new additions to the uh, to the roster. But what this, did we wait? What did cool. you guys think we looked like? Did you, you know, I'm look, always curious. Yeah, did, did you guys think that we were gonna look like some fat guys that like sit in a garage and like smoke crack and like what did you think? I want to know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna end the stream until I understand exactly what you guys thought I was gonna look like. So please lay it on me quickly. Well, okay. What does that mean though, bro? Like <laughs> I need I need specifics. Did you think we were some fat guys, like most radio hosts? Because <laughs> most radio hosts are ugly as shit. And they're not like they're, they have a, they, that's what they say. They say that the radio hosts have a voice for radio and not a face for TV. So I'm wondering if that's what they're trying to hint at without saying it. I want to see. What is this? Let's see. Let's see here. Younger. Uh, I didn't know who you were into right now. Well, you're missing out first and foremost. You just found the number one Texans podcast in the country. So congratulations to you. We're cool dudes. Nobody's gonna tell us. I hate this. I hate you guys. Nobody's going to say anything. Thought we had more swag, like, hey, bro. Hey. You better chill. You know what I got on my feet right now? Uh, all right, that's it. I'm in the, I'm in the podcast. And with that being said, I'm Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys next week. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.TexansUnfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.